This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. I think I took you guys out of order. Did you? I think I usually do Wayne and Andrew as opposed to Andrew and Wayne. But the fact that Paul's not here is uh, a little weird. Well, I mean, you can say Andy instead of Paulie. It kind of kind of works into the flow pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try that next time. We Either way, we we've, we've improved the show by twenty five percent. That's right. That's right. Minimum. We, you know, Minimum. we got we did we got rid of the dead weight. That's what we I did. I feel like we cut loose a trailer and we're just flying down the interstate. That's now. right. That's right. We have much better gas mileage. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know where Paul is, but I assume he's at a haunted house somewhere. You know what? I think. Don't know. Don't care. Yeah. I think I'm now the most in shape person on the podcast. That's before. right. That's right. <laughs> Andrew is ripped. <laughs> That's I mean, not I, a high bar anymore. I can't keep up with Paul. Uh, you know, just based on his his internet presence of of all the CrossFit that he does and running that he does. But, I'm going to need uh, you to take pictures of your shoes in, in my 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 garage gym. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 And I, I need you to take pictures of your beer and your whiskey. So. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need you to go outside. <laughs> that's something we don't do, but Paul does. Slow down. And Slow down. Dance down the street like Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, pointing at people and just going, peeps, peeps, yeah. peeps. Yeah. It is a balmy 32 degrees here this morning. I'm not sure I want to go outside for a little while. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's 32 degrees? Is that what you just yeah. said? Yeah, wow. 32 when I woke up this morning. No, there was a frost alert last night, first one wow. we had of the season. So I went outside with the dogs last night, and I wore a jacket. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, what's 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 the temperature there in uh, Texas, Aaron? Uh, we're mid 80s yesterday, and uh, I was out on the deck last night till about 11, and I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, I think I think our high today is like 61, 62. Wow. So it's go, it's going to warm up during the day, but uh, it was chilly this morning. Wow. Now, Aaron, you know that some people say I can hold a grudge. I like to think that I'm consistent with my values. <laughs> yeah. So, as, as we know, I have held firm against going back to Comixology. It mistreated me. I'm better than it. I deserve better than Comixology with what it's become. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it was a great relationship at the beginning. It was exciting. It was full of fun. Uh, maybe it got even lost in that relationship for a few years, but uh, I just can't go back to it. So, I wanted to read a couple books that were coming out this week that were not marvel or dark horse so you know uh, junkyard joe from image was coming out uh gotham city year one was coming out uh there was a dr fate book coming out so i, I ventured out on tuesday uh, since most of the books i was looking for dc i ventured out on tuesday to our into local. the world is where you into went. the world wow. yes. he did go outside that's crazy who does the that exact, <laughs> i left work and went the exact opposite direction i need to go to get home huh yeah, it was weird. So uh, yeah, I roll in Tuesday after work, and this is the newer comic book store in town. We have one that's been here since I was a kid. Uh, there's a newer one that's been here four, five, six years. Um, so I pull up to it, and it's closed on Tuesday. So I was like, ah, okay. Well, well there's a sandwich shop ne- next Closed on next Tuesdays? Closed. It's it, the pair uh-huh. I mean, like, you know, DC Comics – Puts out their new books on Tuesdays. That's weird that right? they're closed on Tuesdays. It is weird. Yeah. So, But they're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I figure, okay, all right. They're just open three days, you know, four days a week. Uh-huh. So uh, Wednesday, I again turn the opposite direction I need to as I leave the parking garage, head back north, uh, pull in, and they're open. Fantastic. 
And it's a, it's a small store. It's not a huge store, yeah. but it's a nice store. It's clean. It's well organized. Uh, there's no dust anywhere. Well, uh, if so. they're closed three days a week, hopefully they do some cleaning during that <laughs> so they can prepare for whoever they sell the store to when they fail. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in, and you know, there's a long wall on my left, and the fir- there's it's kind of broken up. So there's a section of new releases for a lot of smaller publishers like Vertigo and uh, – uh, Boom and, and Dark Horse and a few other right there. And then there's they split it up on the wall. There's a section of like trades and uh, graphic novels. And there's another new section for image. And uh, I think it was um, uh, there's another one mixed in there. But there's a whole bunch of image books where I found my junkyard Joe. Uh, and then, you know, again, there's another little section of the wall broken up with trades. And there's a new section of Marvel books, huge you know, new section of Marvel books. And there's another section of trades and then nothing. Uh, so I'm like, uh, where, where's the DC books? So I walk, I do a loop around the store and, and, you know, find a cool, you know, umbrella Academy mug. I just had to have, but no new DC books. So finally, and I'm one of those people, I do not want to go talk to the, I do not want to ask where something is in a store. Sure. I will, you know, you'll leave and go to a different store before you'll ask I'll, where something is in the store. I'd rather Classroom dehydration than ask the, the, the <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I had places I had to be. It was game night, uh, so I went over and I asked the, the nice gentleman behind the counter. It's like, where where are your new DC books? Am I missing them? And he's like, oh no, we don't we don't carry new releases of DC. What is it a distributor issue? That's what I'm thinking. I was like, uh, so I, you know, I, I don't want to be a jerk, but I think my face conveyed my shock, and I was like, uh, you don't? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, no, we uh, we don't like how DC does business, and so we don't carry their new releases anymore. I'm like, is this is this like when they switch to Tuesdays? Because you know they are closed on Tuesdays. Right, Maybe that's yeah. what upset them. And he's like, no, no, uh, you know, they when they switched uh, their distributor from Diamond. Uh, I was on really short notice that week, and uh, you know because of the time zone differences, we weren't able to get our order in that week. So ever since then, we've just not stocked uh, new releases from DC. And in my brain, I'm thinking, wasn't it like three years ago? Yeah, <laughs> what happened three years ago? Well, and I mean, yep. you've shut yourself off from what forty percent of the comics business? Uh, their second biggest comic producer in the country, right? Yeah. Yeah, now we know why they're not open three days a week because well, uh, they can't afford to be. <laughs> but I, what well, I, what I, what I, what there's, there's no imperative for them to be open on Tuesdays. What I think is great, though, is that, Andrew, you have found a comic shop in alignment with your values. My core beliefs. Your core beliefs because, you know, you were willing to quit Comixology <laughs> Because of what Amazon did to the app, and uh-huh. they were willing to quit DC because of what DC did to them in distribution. And both of you are aligned in your core central values in nurturing hate. You know, I, I really was – I, I was really <laughs> conflicted walking because I bought my you know Junkyard Joe and my mug, and uh, but I was really conflicted walking out because you're exactly right. On one hand, I was like – Good for them. <laughs> On the other hand, I was like, but I really want to buy DC books. That's right. Yeah, you've crossed the line. I won't, Andrew. I <laughs> will not. I will not go back to physical. I will quit comics before going back to physical. You know, you say that uh, when you're actually encountered, when when you're confronted with that choice, I don't know if you'll make the same decision. I, I you know, I obviously broke down after uh, what's it been three, four months since mm-hmm. Comicsology switched. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I I broke down eventually, but. 
Uh, and it's a nice store. I like the people there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 you know compared to the more problematic store in town, it's great. But uh, yeah, no no DC. That's but I can crazy. get my image. I can get my image there. I can get all my other publishers there. It's nuts. Yeah, it's it was wild. Well, you know what? What I find, I understand the 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 retailer being frustrated by that rapid change, but I don't yeah. understand cutting your customers off from choice. I mean, you know, if if I'm a guy trying to figure out where, which comic shop I'm going to go to, you know, and I walk into the shop and they don't carry the books I want, I'm not going to go back there. Yeah, well, and I kind of get the how frustrated some of the retailers were because DC went through you know existing companies that own comic book stores right to be their distributors right and so some people felt like they were then giving money to their own competitors but right yeah yeah but still i, uh, I mean you're you're yeah. you're choosing to leave some of your customers behind you know, well, I mean, I, you, you would think, right? I mean, right. and even people who buy multiple, I mean, I think a lot of people buy from multiple publishers, but that right. is a huge segment of yep. the available books. And, you know, you're talking about Batman, Superman, Justice League. These are, as I might understand, these are well-selling titles in terms right, right. of physical books. Well, and I mean, think about Batman. I mean, Batman's one of the biggest selling books in the business. And those those customers are going to continue reading Batman. So they are either going to, you know, buy digitally or they're going to go to a different retailer. And at some point they're going to go, you know, it's just easier if I get all my books from this other guy who carries everything. That's crazy. to me. That's just crazy to me. Well, and I can understand doing it for, say, six months to make a point. Right. But two and a half years. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, you know, Newark Comic Con's going on right now. And they open up the the show with a retailers event and talk about the the you know status of the business. And they reported that in twenty twenty one the comic business grew by over sixty percent. Mm. Over sixty percent. Now, fueled by the pandemic, right? People were home, yeah. had stuff to read. But it wasn't in the space of periodicals, it was in the space of graphic novels. Uh, you know, or the, the the book format comics. Well, uh, and honestly, they've been the vast majority of the business for a while. Oh yeah. Like if if you look at the numbers, it's seventy percent of the comics market. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that is owned by Amazon. Yep. And and the you know remaining is periodicals or the monthly regular series comics. Uh, that thirty percent there, but. Uh, you know, obviously the explosive sales were in you know due to the pandemic but it wasn't your typical Marvel and DC books that grew it was manga that grew uh, huh. and you know they were showing that that uh, uh, went the the manga sales went up by over a hundred and thirty four percent a hundred and thirty four percent they increased wow yeah that's just nuts. They have and, to you know, some really good marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they, they agreed that it's it's a crazy number, but they also said that the uh, that they, they feel like it would have gone bigger, except they had such massive supply chain issues during that period. And, you know, it's too bad <laughs> that you had supply chain limiting because, you know, I do think that you, you they could have reached an even broader audience and maybe hold on to some of those customers, you know, on the other side of the public health emergency. Well, and it's interesting because that environment, at least in Japan, is more like comics used to be in the U.S. Right. They're not like a collectible. Thing. Yeah, they're not precious about their books. Yeah, yeah, they have they come out in weekly magazines with mm-hmm. multiple titles and then they bundle them up into the one book. 
and those are not collector's items. They don't have color most of the time, except right. for maybe a, a page or two. So they're cheaper to produce, cheaper to print, mm-hmm. and they're just a consume quantity. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever read manga in my life. I, I've, I see it, of course. You know, go to the Barnes and Noble. There's the giant shelves full of it. Does um, Does Akira count? Yes, I, I've read I mean, that. I, That's what I've I read. Didn't, I did not read Akira. I've, I've seen the the anime, of course. Now I have it's to say, anime. I read it when it was published by Epic Comics. So it was published by Marvel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and still, Dark Horse does a lot of manga. Yeah. But um, I don't, I don't I, read manga as a rule. I do. I have a couple titles that I read. Uh, I've read a lot of things that are like I read the whole run of them, and they're over on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a like I've never read them to the degree that I read comics. But there are some titles I've really enjoyed, and I pick some of them up on Comicology too. Yeah. Now uh, I think them out. Now Wayne, if someone like say me wanted to read, uh, try out reading manga, what would you recommend? What's the one title? What's the first title you'd recommend? Well, first I'd ask you a bunch of questions about what your tastes are and what you really like. Uh, knowing that you're a comic guy, uh-huh. I'd actually recommend Tiger and Bunny. Tiger and Bunny. All right, I'm writing this down. It is a superhero manga where basically they're like a TV show, reality show, where they get points for doing superhero things. Huh. All right. Noted. Recommendation noted. So most of the news hasn't come out of uh, New York Comic Con at the time of this recording. We're recording Saturday morning, and of course most of the big news will hit uh, later today. But uh, earlier this week, uh, Jim Lee revealed that uh, Marvel's own Joe Quesada, formerly of Marvel, uh, will be coming over and doing uh, variant covers for the DC books. Yeah, and he shocked the panel because Quesada came out and joined him on the panel. Yeah. That was not announced. And I got to say, this is foot in the door, guys. Uh, I I think that Joe Quesada uh, is and perhaps still is, was and perhaps still is, uh, on a no-compete. And that the uh, him doing covers was probably allowed under the uh, auspices of his no-compete. Um, my guess is we see him take on a larger creative role uh, there at DC Comics in the months to come. I would be yeah, very yeah. surprised if that doesn't happen. Completely Absolutely. agree. And they even said on there that uh, he's coming over doing uh, covers for now, but we'll yeah. see what happens in the future. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't wind up being editor in chief at some point over there. And, you know, just I, I, I would. Bendis coming over from Marvel has been spectacularly unimpressive. Uh, he has he just hasn't done anything that I felt is anywhere near on par with his Marvel work. Um, I, I have enjoyed a lot of the books over there, but none of them are just you know heroic and epic like what he did with the Avengers and Daredevil, yeah. etc. But uh, I would. I am very curious because Joe Quesada approached Marvel so radically different than anybody else had before. Uh, his his bringing in uh, you know non comics talent to write comic books was unheard of at the time. His creating you know a uh, a publishing house within uh, Marvel at the time 
I just I, I'm amazed at what he was able to accomplish uh, there at Marvel and really turned that organization around uh, from a comics printing perspective. Um, I would love to see what his take is on DC. So I'm, I'm hopeful well, and- that that actually occurs. Now we know how Superman will get his secret identity back. He's going right. to make a deal with the devil to have never <laughs> married Lois and uh, not revealed his identity. Well, do we know how long his non-compete lasts? No idea. And I'm just – I am just, uh, you know, hypothesizing that there is a non-compete there just oh, given, given his level yeah, there at the organization. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there is. It seems like at least a lot of the ones I'm familiar with run anywhere for like one to five years. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in, in, in a lot of business that I, I see, you know, you'll see folks leave an organization, uh, they'll be quiet for several months, and then they'll go do some consulting work <laughs> yeah. that's permitted under their no-compete. And before, you know, you see them, you know, become full-on chief executive or what have you. But yeah. uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he's going to do over there. Yeah, I expect we'll have more news out of New York Comic Con next week once the announcements come out. Yep. But, Andrew, have you watched She-Hulk yet? Because we're about to spoil the shit out of it. No, but I'm okay with you spoiling the shit out of it. That's, that's one I'm watching with my wife, and she uh, left town this week. What? So we have not, won't, yeah, she left town. So uh, she so left have a, uh No, she left town. <laughs> to get away from you? Well, possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she hasn't phrase it like that, but you never know. Now, she is off in the woods, uh, wilderness of the Smoky Mountains right now, so... Uh, she really she, wanted to get away from you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she's, she's off in the middle of nowhere. No uh, cell phone coverage. She, don't call no. me. Don't write gone, me. Don't say my days. name. <laughs> ten days. She'll wow. be gone. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so is it just you and the boy? Uh, no, he's also in the, the woods of Tennessee. Oh, wow. She left you and took the boy. Yeah, that's one way to phrase it. That's a really bad way to say it, but yes, it's true. So what you're saying is you've got a lot of free time for Raidsboro. Me, yeah, yes. I could start playing as soon as we're done recording this episode. Uh, but yeah, the dog and I are here uh, hanging out together this weekend, taking it easy. Very good. Now, oh yeah, She-Hulk, I forgot where we were going with the conversation. <laughs> but what, tell me, Wade, what what uh, the shocking or surprising thing happened uh, this week on She-Hulk? Well, it's what we've been expecting all along. We finally got our crossover with Daredevil. Well, yeah, they definitely teased. I knew those coming because they teased it when she was at the superhero costume designer. You saw the uh, you know old school yellow right. helmet mask in the box that he boxed up. So I knew that yeah. was coming. Now, if you remember when She-Hulk started, I said I want one thing more than anything else. I want to see Jennifer Walters versus Matt Murdock in a courtroom. Nice, and Did we got that. Nice. Yeah. We've but, got attorney Matt Murdock handing her her ass on a case. Can I just say that uh, Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, um, was spectacularly unprepared for court? Can oh, I just yeah. say that? I'm just like, come on. I mean, this is legal malpractice. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've seen her in other cases. This one, she just didn't want the case, didn't want to deal with it. Uh, she thought it was a, you know, clear, you know, a uh, basically a home run case that wouldn't going to take anything, and so she walked in totally unprepared. Yeah. So, what did you think of the uh, red and yellow uh, outfit for for Matt Murdock? I thought it looked good, and one of the things I noticed about how his portrayal was, he was a lot more lighthearted. Uh huh. 
and fun than in the Netflix show. And if I remember, when he was in the yellow costume, he was a more lighthearted Daredevil in the comics, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of liked that. I, I'm not sure how other people will react to it. I think you'll get a lot of Netflix purists that are angry with not Netflix, but Netflix um, Daredevil. Purist. Yeah, fans. Yeah. Well, you know, I I have it in the back of my head. And Marvel hasn't said anything to this, and it, you know, we we haven't seen any indications of it in the shows. But I suspect that Marvel's Netflix Daredevil um, is an alternative universe than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That they're not just going to bring those stories in whole cloth. I think that, you know, they're going to bring the actors in that they want to bring, as we've seen with Vincent D'Onofrio and and uh, um, suddenly drawn a blank on his name, uh, uh, Cox, uh, Charlie Cox. Um, but I don't think, you know, like, I don't think that you're necessarily going to have everything that happened in the Netflix series being, you know, canon in the Marvel Universe. I think... They're they're out there as they've established that there's a multiverse and that was another universe. You know, you, Charlie Cox is still is still Matt Murdock and he's still Daredevil, but he's red and yellow Daredevil, right? Yeah, and he is, he is a happier, gonna... more friendly Daredevil. And you know, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe, while it does go dark from time to time, is a much lighter place. You know, I mean, yeah. it, even down to the way they shoot the films, it's a much brighter, happier place. It has to build to the darkness and right. not start there. Right. And, you know, uh, those shows, you know, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all of those shows were pretty darn grim and gritty. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that's I think that's they're out in, in the MCU. And so the actors that they liked, they're going to bring over and the ones that they don't, they won't. So I don't expect that we're going to see Danny Rand anytime soon. Uh, I think I think if they can get uh, Christian Ritter for Jessica Jones to make show up somewhere, I think that will absolutely happen. Uh, I don't know their thoughts around uh, Luke Cage, uh, but that actor and I've suddenly drawn a blank on his name. Uh, Michael can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, I love him and I think yeah. he's great as Luke Cage. I just think that the scripts weren't there for him, but uh, I would hope they'd bring him back as well. Yeah, same here. I think he did a good job in the role. I just didn't care for the the yeah, series, the but I yeah. I loved him in Jessica Jones the first season. Yes, well, he and was there were fantastic. there were there were parts of the Luke Cage series that I loved, but you know, it, it, the, the writing was uneven. But you know, I, I I'm fine with that. You know, I, I I'm I am thrilled that we get Charlie Cox back. And and the only thing that I was disappointed about in this episode of She Hulk where he where he guests. There is a scene that it looks so much like they are setting up him that the the walking down the hallway and just yeah. slogging his way through. And I was really hoping we were going to get to see an MCU version of that. Mm. But the hallway opens up far too wide. It's not nearly as claustrophobic as the Netflix series. And then, you know, of course, She-Hulk comes barreling through the ceiling, which is funny. But I needed them to make it more claustrophobic. So it was more of an homage to that scene. I think that scene could have been more effective. Yeah, I had the same thought of I thought they were going to redo that scene. And we did get to see him do some uh, hand-to-hand fighting and things like that. Yeah, we saw early on a lot more acrobatic and jumping down the sides of buildings and spinning and, and things like that. A lot more posing 
right? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot more of the the Black Widow, you know, jump pose. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's very Marvel, right? It but was you, funny. I, I'm watching this with my wife, and She-Hulk picks up a car to throw at him, and my wife's like, no, Jed, he's not that tough. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my, my thought as well. Like, you're going to kill this man. <laughs> I do but, like how Elena called Black Widow out for that. And I was like, what? why do you always do that after you land? Uh-huh. Why do you always post? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, but his name, by the way, Mike Coulter. Uh, as the Thank you. Thank page. you. I knew it was Mike and, something or other. And can you imagine, like, he's a big, strong guy anyway. Can you imagine what he'd be like an MCU movie after uh-huh. he went through that training? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, just, a, like, he's a great big strapping yeah. fella. I mean, he, he is. He would be an Adonis if he yeah. went through that. Yeah. yeah. He'd rip. Yeah. So do you watch that show? Part. Do you watch that show Evil that he's on? I do not. He plays a uh, Catholic priest, you know, who is, uh, you know, he's an exorcist. I've never and heard of this. It's on uh, Paramount Plus. Okay. It used to be on CBS, and then they moved it to Paramount Plus. But uh, uh, my wife really likes it. Uh, he's good in it. I, I think he's good in everything he's in. But uh, I, the, the show gets a little creepy at times. Not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> it's just oh. like, ew, ew. I, don't, I don't know about this. So out of all the fourth wall breaking scenes that She-Hulk did, I really enjoyed this week's of, you know, why why are we still here? Yeah. You're still here? I thought the episode was over. Yeah. Oh, no. Next week's the finale, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do the gala I, now? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was, of course, after she bangs Matt Murdock. And, you know, I don't want to make a thing about this. I don't want to I don't want to slut shame She-Hulk, but She-Hulk be thirsty. That's all I'm going to say, because, I mean, well, this is I like the conversation. You have Murdoch, who's very like family values guy uh-huh. talking about, you know, next time maybe we can go out for dinner. Uh-huh. And she's like, we can just give the dinner. Yeah. Yeah. We just go right to banging. <laughs> no, Aaron, because as I recall, Aaron, after the two, three episodes in, you were not a huge fan of She-Hulk. Have you come around on it some? I think the last half of this season, the episodes are a lot stronger. Yeah. Uh, there are still things I don't like about the show. I think the CGI on She-Hulk is terrible. Yeah, it's a little uh, rough. That's, it just that's why like Just video Jen game. was so good. Yeah, just, just, Jen Jen was, had... just Jen was my favorite episode so far. Because it had so little of the CGI. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's TV, it's television CGI. It right. is not of the same level or quality as a lot of the MCU CGI Agreed. is. But, uh, you know, the really, I, I can I can accept that it being a television show. Same, thing that, I can. I've said this before, the only thing that really, really bothers me about this show is the betrayal of the Wrecking Crew. Still, yeah. don't No, like I get that. you. I hear you there. I, yeah. Some of my favorite villains, and they're just they're just a joke in the uh, this show. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. And, yeah, that wedding episode, uh, Just Jen, just cracked me up. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. So good. I'm looking forward to the finale to see what they do with it. Uh, it seems like you know, her blood was taken, so maybe we will get something from that. But I have a feeling that's being saved for Thunderbolts, actually. Yeah, probably. I think we'll see Red Hulk and Thunderbolts, but it will be from Jen's blood, not from anything from Bruce. Yeah. You know, we won't see it for this, but you know what I'd like to see that blood used for? I'd like to see it used for Amadeus Cho. There you go. Mm-hmm. Get a little brawn, you know. Get a, you already got Miss Marvel. You get brawn. You get uh-huh. Miles Morales. You got championship. Well, you know they did mention in this episode Red Hulk. Uh-huh. You know, and, and it was a toss off. Like, well, we're we gonna have a different kind of Hulk now. We're we gonna have a Red Hulk. And I was like, oh, that, that's a throw out to the fans. But then it made me wonder. Wonder if we're gonna see a Red Hulk in the MCU. <laughs> you know, makes sense for Thunderbolts. Yeah, I think that's who Thunderbolts is gonna deal with is the Red Hulk. 
Yep. That sounds like fun. I think I'm down with that. You know what else was fun? What else, yeah. Andrew? I, I, yeah, I, did, I, was, I, I thought, I thought you were just going to go, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, 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 Paul, edit that out. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that, Paul? You'll want to catch that at 8.56. <laughs> see, I thought I knew where you were going, but I see the next book on the outline, and it doesn't fit what you're describing. No, I, I think it is. What, what was fun was I was not tempted to buy Dark, Dark Crisis this week because they don't. my uh, comic book store doesn't stock DC books. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wayne – Sounds like you weren't happy with uh, Dark <laughs> Crisis number five. Oh, no, I hated this book. Well, tell it, me. Yeah. Uh, who who hurt you, Wayne? <laughs> Let's see. Who was the writer of this book? <laughs> yeah, no, it was – you know our complaints about early in Dark Crisis where it was the book was disjointed. There's a bunch of, you know, a bunch of unconnected scenes. It doesn't seem like there's good pacing. It kind of felt the same here. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're trying too hard to make us feel emotions, and they're failing. Like with uh, with Gar stepping in, and he's got uh-huh. an eye patch on, and he's barely standing. It's like they're trying too hard, and they're not succeeding at making us feel emotions. I don't disagree with anything that you said, but I will say that there were a couple of moments in the book that I liked. Um, I particularly liked when they went to go visit, you know, when the Justice League's putting the gang back together and they go to visit uh, Clark. Yeah, and, and he, he turns into – yeah, he knows what's going on. You know, he they, there's no convincing that has to occur like they had to with Batman. And then he turns into this universal Superman, you know, where his whole body reflects the universe. Uh, that's an effect I always love in comic books, and I thought that it was beautifully depicted on the page. Uh, I, 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 I always like how Superman factors in so heavily in the Crisis books, and this is no different. I, I really enjoyed all that Kirby crackle behind him. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that out of everyone, it's Superman that knew that he had yeah. tried to escape himself. Yep. It kind of goes back to his book where there's things going on and you wondered why isn't he doing more? Right. I'm kind of reading between the lines of because he knew it wasn't real. Right. Yeah, I, I dug it. I dug that part. I, but I agree. I mean, this this series, even though there have been a, a few high points, this series is crap. It, it's just it, it's not anywhere near on par with Crisis on the Infinite Earths or even Infinite Crisis. Um, it, I, I, and I, I will say this, and this will shock everyone to hear it, Grant Morrison's Final Crisis, better book. Wow. Just saying. Just saying. I find, it, I find cool. it unreadable. You know, I've gone back to it since uh, it first came out, and I, and I got to say it reads better collected than I than my experience with it month over month. Um and while it's not a it's not a great book, uh, it's better than this one. Just wow. saying. Wow. Just saying. But uh, I got to tell you, I have been eager all week to talk to you guys about our next book, and that is Junkyard Joe number one from Jeff Johns and Gary Franks from Image Comics. Andrew, tell me what you thought about Junkyard Joe. I have not read Geiger. Uh, I've heard you oh, guys wow, talk you about Geiger. Mm, nope. I've heard you guys talk about Geiger. I have not read Geiger, so I do, cannot relate it to Geiger. But this book is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know nothing about Junkyard Joe coming into it, and uh, I 
I'm a fan of, of this era. I, I, the art's amazing. Uh, the whole concept behind him uh, joining this kind of, uh, you know, special forces patrol army platoon and going out for this mission uh, and kind of how it evolves. I just, I just love this book from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, I almost didn't get it because oh. I didn't see it on the list. I w- only got it because you sent us the picture of your physical copy of it. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't have known it was coming out this week. So I actually picked it up last night and read it this morning. And like you, I just love this book. Uh, Geiger is in, a, in the future after an apocalypse. And these is the world building up to that. So going back to 1972 and seeing Junkyard Joe in Vietnam was it was a powerful book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was it was phenomenal. And, and it makes me want to go read Geiger now. You know, Geiger is a very different book, I will tell you. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I very much enjoy Geiger. Um, I haven't read it since it's since it finished. Um, I, I, you know, I probably need to go back and give it another read now that it's all in, I can read it all in one sitting. But mm-hmm. uh I have to tell you, I was surprised by Junkyard Joe. Um, it did not – I don't know what tone I was expecting. I was surprised uh, the tone that it, that it was when I opened up the book. And, you know, it, it took a couple of pages for me to fall into the rhythm of the story. But once I did, I was totally there for it. This is very much – you know, think of Oliver Stone's Platoon – <laughs> yeah, it's very much platoon or yeah. full metal jacket. Yeah, with a robot. Um, and I, I gotta tell you, the some of the action is really gnarly. You know, it's it's not sexy war violence. It is, no. it is. This is war, and it's terrible. And oh, by the way, your friend can die at any moment. It's brutal. Yeah, it is. And I, there is such. It's funny. I I I reread I Robot this week uh, from Isaac Asimov, and there's a there is a a very significant tone that runs through both of those in terms of you know robots make you know understanding humans better than humans do. And robots deciding, I don't want to do this, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, fuck you. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just going to, I'll just shut down, you know, and I, I just very much appreciate it. You know, Junkyard Joe doesn't talk, right? Even though he's got a mouth, uh, he doesn't say anything. And I, I was initially concerned at the beginning of the book. I'm like, man, if he's not going to talk, I don't know how this is going to go. But Junkyard Joe, the character, winds up being the wall on which all of the other characters break. And I really loved that, that he is just the target for their emotion, for their reflection, uh, you know, for their pain and their hopes. And I, I, I just I thought that really worked so well. And, you know, it's it takes a guy like Jeff Johns to write this book. And it takes a guy like Gary Franks, who is just such an expert artist at the top of his game to communicate this story visually. Uh, I was yeah. I was super impressed with yeah. the story and I cannot wait for issue two. Yeah, yeah, I love the story beat, too, of he after he's gone through and gotten revenge for his fallen friends, mm-hmm. he sees a woman and a child and then shuts down after yep. breaking his gun. The politicians take that to mean the war's unwinnable. Right. They yeah, changes history. Missed, yeah. They completely missed the whole point yeah. of he's 
you know, he's realizing he doesn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. They just take it to mean, oh, we can't win this war. We need to pull out. Yeah. No, I think I think that's why they think it's unwinnable. I think the you know comic book Nixon uh, recognizes that. Uh, you know, if this computer, if this unthinking, unfeeling machine can't deal with the stress and horror of, of fighting the Viet Cong and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the village to village and the atrocities, then there's no way humans are going right. to be able to do it. Look at how uh, reasonable comic book Nixon is. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> comic book Nixon apparently knows what he's talking about. OK, he, in the in the. Uh, Mobile Army Surgical Hospital Tent. Did anybody else get strong Alan Alda vibes? Oh, 100%. A thousand percent. That's what was intended. It's just like, huh, where's Trapper? There's no way that's not supposed to be Hawkeye. (laughs) That that is the MASH Hawkeye, not not Marvel Hawkeye, right? Right, Yeah. And Uh, especially with talking about mental health issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but no, I agree. The Gary Frank art, the way he's able to convey, use his art to convey emotion on this emotionless robot by the you know body posture and head movements and uh, way he interacts. It's the Gary Frank art's great. It is, yeah. And Aaron called out the back material as well, and so I wanted to touch on that. I loved having the veteran dedications in oh, here, yes. mm-hmm. the call to action, the tribute. I thought all of those were good additions at the end. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, each one of the creators on the team, you know, submitted, you know, a, a, a memory about, you know, relatives, friends, et cetera, who have served. And, you know, either in the, I think we see uh, Canadian forces represented, represented and British forces as well as American. And I just, it made me feel very nostalgic for my grandfather who fought in World War II. Um, I loved it. I, I love how how much it honors the service of uh, of, uh, you know, folks who have who have fought in wars, etc. Um, I just I dug it. I dug this book. There's everything about this book. I don't have any complaints about this book. This book was no. wonderful. My only no. complaint about this book is it came out in October. I really would have liked it earlier in the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only complaint about the book. Uh, there was a long delay between kind of the announcement run. Yeah. 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 The announcement and then yeah. the actual release of it. I absolutely agree. But I got to tell you, you know, it, you know, listeners, if you have not picked up Junkyard Joe number one, run to your comic shop or immediately click over and download from uh, your, your favorite uh, digital app. I, uh, this, this thing was fantastic. I just, I can't say enough good about it. Can I say one more thing about the art real quick? You may, you may say exactly one more thing. I really appreciate how the colors too, is it uh, a Brad Anderson uh-huh. uh, goes about, you know, the, a lot of these, uh, a long segment of these things take place at night in the jungle where it's dark. Right. He is able to color it in a way to where it is dark and you can tell it's dark without it being, you know, uh, impossible to tell what's going on in sure. the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which there's so many times where it's so dark. You're like, what, what is happening well, there? And I, I wish television shows and movies would figure out that technology. Yeah. Can they, hi- <laughs> can they hire him for any of the DCEU movies? Because <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Yes. Good book. Uh, highly recommend. Hey, Wayne. Yes, Aaron. What's coming out next week? Well, from Marvel, we've got Amazing Spider-Man number 11 that I don't think any of us are buying anymore. Uh, uh, no, I'm, wait, is, is the is the is the is sorry, is the crossover over? The crossover is over and it is the appearance of uh, Hobgoblin, but probably a new Hobgoblin. 
I'm picking it up. I, I said I would try the first post crossover to see what it's like. So I will I will be the canary in the coal mine. Uh, there's a ton of Avengers versus Eternals books coming out. There is the <laughs> Fantastic Four, the first of the new creators. I'm on it. Uh, brand new Punisher War Journal Brother Number One. There's a $500 million bounty out for the death of the Punisher. No, that doesn't sound uh, right. Everybody loves se- Frank Castle. <laughs> new series, Wakanda Number One. Mm. Then from DC, we've got Batman versus Robin Number Two. Yeah. Super, Superman, Son of Kal-El, the return of Kal-El. Uh, I'm looking forward to that because I'm hoping we'll actually get to see John's reaction to sure. his father being back. And that would be some my guess. of that. Yeah. Uh, Batman Incorporated number one. I'm sure it'll get Paul's money. I think I'm going to pick that up. There were, you know, I I did not care for the Grant Morrison series, but there are ideas that I liked there. So I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League Green Arrow number one. Gonna pass. I'm going to pass on that one as well. Yeah. And one I will probably pick up, the Halloween issue from DC this year, DC Terrors Through Time. Oh, yeah. That uh, the cover has a young John and Damien reading through and telling horror stories. And I tend to like some of those really short stories that they mix in, yeah. including one of the stories is going to be a Justice Society story dealing with zombies. Hmm. A period piece. Sounds like fun. Well, you know, along the lines of horror books, and I do love me a DC horror book, uh, and I'd like to point out in the uh, DC uh, app, the comics app, uh, there is a lot of House of Secrets, House of Mystery books there. Um, you know, the, the single issue books. Uh, I, I've been uh, going through those right now as part of my uh, Halloween season reading and very much enjoying those. But we're going to have next week a very special episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. Get your, your the kids all around because it's going to be our special Halloween edition in which we talk about the recently released uh, Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus as well as recommending some of our favorite Halloween media. So uh, be sure and check that out but uh you know give us a call let us know what you thought of this week's books let us know where you're not buying your books and uh, <laughs> uh you know uh, let us know what you recommend for halloween give us a call 972-763-5903 that number once again 972-763-5903 if we use your voicemail on the show you can win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise Y'all have a good week. You too. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Nobody jumped in to do the social media, really?
You know, you no. know. No, I realized it as you were in the middle of it. It's like, is Eric going to do the social media too? Because I don't remember what Paul Flappers <laughs> thought about. 